Philippians chapter 4. I'd like to speak to you this morning about pleasing Jesus this year. Pleasing Jesus this year. Following your Bibles as I read, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech you, Audius, and beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, but prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how to, both how to be, ab- to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound, I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we ask today that you would give enablement to bring the message. And I pray that it might be a beginning of some good things here at our church that we strive this year to in every way please you. So teach us today, Lord, from this passage. These are instructions from your word, and we know they're true. Give them enablement to bring the message. And may your will be done in each heart. And if there would be one here today, Lord, who's not saved, I pray that today would be the day of faith for them. They might turn to Jesus and accept him as their personal Savior. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, we are now one week into the new year, 2023. Could this be the year when Jesus returns? Well, when you look around you, of course, we have to say we really don't know, but it sure looks like the Lord's preparing for the coming of Jesus Christ to rapture his church. When Paul wrote the Philippians, notice what he said to them. 
in chapter 3, verse 18. For many walk of whom I've told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is, is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Sounds a lot like today, doesn't it? Surely we have those kinds of people all around us today. But we as God's people need to remember something that Paul also reminded these people of telling, after telling that. He said in verse 20, For our conversation is in heaven. The word conversation means our citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. He told these Philippians, I know the day you're living in is bad. There are a lot of bad people all around you. But I want to remind you of something, and that is your citizenship is not on this earth, it's in heaven. Well, the same is true of us today. We're strangers, we're pilgrims, we're sojourners in this life, and, but we're looking for someone to come, and that's Jesus. And knowing that he is coming should make an effect, have an effect upon our lives. As, as 1 John chapter 3 says, if we have this hope in, hope in us, it purifies us just to know Jesus is coming. And so knowing that he could come and it could be very soon, then that should cause us to want to please Jesus in 2023. So let's observe some things this morning we can do from this text to please the Lord in 2023. Now, before we look at those details, I want to share with you the fact that the Bible many times tells us that we can please God. I heard one, some, someone say one time that you can't please God because he's holy and we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're fa- we fail and we can't really please God. Well, that's not true because God tells us that we can, that we are to, we're to please God. We have to follow the Lord Jesus, first of all, and Jesus said this in John 8, verse 29, I do always those things that please him. And then he says for us to follow him. So we're to do the same thing, do those things that please the Lord. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 says, Walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, bringing forth fruit in every good work. In Colossians chapter 3, to the young people here today, it says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. So if you want to please God, then you obey your parents. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 1, you ought to walk at how you ought to walk and to please God. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, you remember it says, we are to please him who hath chosen us to be a soldier. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, for without faith it is impossible to please him. So with faith it's possible to please him. Hebrews 13, it says, The God of peace make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. 1 John 3, verse 22, Do those things that are well-pleasing in his sight. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, For it is God which worketh in you both the will and to do of his good pleasure what pleases him. And then in our text, it says in chapter 4, verse 18, the gift that they, that they gave Paul, Paul said it was well-pleasing to God. So they pleased God by giving to Paul. We please God by giving to missions. Paul was a missionary. 
they gave to him, and that pleased the Lord, and we please God in the same way. So let's look at some of the details of how, how we can please God in this, in this year. First of all, to please Jesus this year, we need to work together. Now, we haven't had a lot of problems with that. I've experienced in the past, you know, and in other places where, where we did have some problems working together. And I've talked with pastors who are going through troubles and they have a lot of problems with interior problems in the church, you know, people not against each other, not working together. We haven't really experienced that. But, you know, not having that problem doesn't mean that we shouldn't in, in, improve in that. And that is, we can get along, but how much do we work together? And the Lord says we're to work together. Now, we know that from this passage because Paul talks about two ladies. He says, I beseech you, Odious, and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind. And he reminds them that the one he's writing to, he says, he reminds them to, that uh, these people had worked with him. They had worked with Paul. They had helped Paul. And he says they were also fellow laborers with Clement and others. So these people had worked together, but something had happened in their life. These two ladies fell out, and they weren't getting along. And that was not pleasing to the Lord. And so what we can do this year to make sure that we please the Lord is, first of all, we need to work together for God's glory. The Bible says in Psalm 133, verse 1, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. God loves it when he looks down at his people and see that they love each other, and not just that they love each other, but they work together to accomplish his will in their lives and in their church and in the community. Working together, that's very important in 2023. Now, the fact that I mentioned that this morning that says that and, say that, and tell you that God wants us to work together, it, that will mean that probably the devil will try to bring something in to cause us not to. <laughs> You'll probably get somebody to fall out with somebody else, you know. And when that happens, you just need to stop. Now, wait a minute. And you say, I'm not going to let that happen because I want to please Jesus. And so you stop that when it even enters your mind. If there's a conflict, you need to stop the conflict and you need to reconcile because we're working together for Jesus. So that's the first thing. The second thing is this. To please Jesus this year, we need to rejoice in the Lord. It says in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. There is always something good to rejoice in when you're, talk, when you're thinking about Jesus. Can you think this morning of anything bad about Jesus? I'm sure you can't, because he's holy, he's God, and he's good, he loves us, he's done so much for us. In fact, without him we could do nothing. So we, we owe everything to the Lord Jesus, and uh, every good gift comes from above. And so we owe everything to God, so God wants us to rejoice in the Lord. Now, will we have circumstances this year that will cause us to, uh, for our countenance to fall? Sure, there will be. Will there be circumstances that will cause you to maybe uh, wonder what's happening? Sure. But when that takes place, you need to say, I might not know what's going on. I don't understand all this, and I don't know how God's going to work it out, but I know that he will because he promised. And I trust God, and I love God, and I always want to remind myself that God is praiseworthy, so I rejoice in the Lord always. So when we face a trial this year, 
Before you concentrate on the trial, concentrate on the Lord Jesus. Because he is the one who allowed you to go through this trial. He is the one that will get you through this trial. And you rejoice in him. And so this year, for us to please the Lord, we need to rejoice in the Lord. You might not rejoice in every circumstance, but you can rejoice in the Lord who will get you through that circumstance. And that will please the Lord. Then the third thing is this. Please Jesus this, this year. We need to main, maintain a good testimony before everybody. Not just among church people, but everybody. Everybody you come in contact with, you are to maintain a good testimony before them. Look at verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. That's a powerful verse. Let your moderation be known unto all men. I pointed this out before, I think, and that is the word moderation here means sweet reasonableness. Sweet reasonableness. It means mildness of disposition. It means big-heartedness. It's the same Greek word that's used in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, that speaks of the gentleness of Christ. The gentleness of Christ. And we're to have that disposition. And that is to be a part of our testimony. Whoever we come in contact with, they're to know that these people, this person is different. I mean, they have a sweet, reasonable spirit about them. They're not hard to get along with. They're gentle and they're kind. That's the way Jesus is. And that's the way we're to be. And the Lord wants us to have that testimony before all. It says that your, your moderation be known to all men. You see, it's interesting that this follows after rejoicing the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always, and that's going to change your disposition. It's going to change my disposition. If I'm rejoicing in the Lord, then when circumstances come up that really uh, bother me or people that bother me, I'm rejoicing in the Lord, and that's going to make it so that that rejoicing in the Lord is going to be known to all men. It changes my disposition. It makes me a better person. And so my testimony is not hurt. Now, is that going to be tried this year? Sure it will be. I ask you this question or these questions. How do you act when these things happen to you? You're in a car accident and it was not your fault. (laughs) You know, the person hits you and they tore your brand new car, your truck up, and you are just aggravated beyond anything because this happened to you and you want to lash out at them. That's the time when you need to say, wait a minute, I need to rejoice in the Lord and my moderation should be known to all men. I should let them know that I'm a Christian by the way I act. Now, some, maybe somebody ran a stop sign and hit your brand new car and tore it up. How are you going to react? Well, rejoice in the Lord and then ask, answer this question. Have you ever run a stop sign? Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Maybe some of you haven't. I sure have. <laughs> Thank the Lord that there was nobody there that I hit. <laughs> But sometimes these things happen to us, you know, and we forget that we've done the same thing and we lash out and our testimony can be hurt. We can say things that we shouldn't say in times like that. And God wants us to please him, and that means all the time you're pleasing the Lord. 
How do you respond when you get a tough steak at a restaurant? Do you take it out on the waitress? Do you act in an in a unchristian-like way? What about you as a parent and your boy is playing baseball? He slides into home plate and it's a beautiful slide and the umpire calls him out. <laughs> and, you, and you just let the umpire have it. <laughs> And everybody knows you're a Christian. What happened? You hurt your testimony. The Lord says, let your moderation, your gentleness, your sweet reasonableness be known to all men. What about when your neighbor's dog gets loose and tears up your flower bed? (laughs) How would you respond then? (laughs) Well, you didn't like it. You didn't approve of it. But how did you respond? How did your neighbor read you? Did they read that you are a Christian, you're different? Sure, you're not happy about the situation, but you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ, and he was gentle, and you want to be gentle as well. Now, the incentive, the incentive that God gives us here about that is, is found in this verse. He says, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, that can mean two things. Maybe it means both. And one of two, maybe it means both. And that it could mean that the Lord is at hand. He could come at any moment. I mean, how would you feel if your neighbor's dog got over and tore up your flower bed and you just lash out at the neighbor and you say words that you normally wouldn't say as a Christian. It was your old past came out and you let him have it and then the trumpet sounds and Jesus returns. And he takes you home and in a few seconds, guess where you are? Walking on streets of gold. (laughs) You don't deserve that. But Jesus did that for you because he died for your sins on the cross of Calvary. That flower bed wouldn't mean anything at that time. And we need to understand the Lord is at hand. He could come at any moment. But maybe it also means this. The Lord is at hand. He's always there. (laughs) I mean, the Lord's there. Remember, the Lord tells us that he is always with you. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. So when you blow your gasket, Jesus is standing there watching you and listening to you. The Lord is at hand. And you remember, the Bible says that the Lord's with us all the time. But he says there's a special way when you're in church, the Lord is with you because where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm with them in the midst. Sure, he's with us individually, But there's a special way that the Lord is with us in church. And so the Lord just reminds us, look, Jesus is here. And Jesus could come at any moment. Make sure you have a good testimony before all. Also, to please Jesus this year, we need to be praying and not worrying. Look at verse 6. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The word careful, of course, means anxious or worry. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, uh, unto God. So we're not to worry. We're not to fret. We're not to worry because we know God's in charge and he can do all things. We can trust him. We're to pray about everything. He says your prayer and supplications are to be accompanied with thanksgiving. So that's the rejoicing in the Lord coming through. 
And we're thankful that God is, is good to us. Let your requests be made known to God. Everything the Lord wants you to talk about, to him about. He wants you to talk to him about everything. Let your requests be made known unto God. Uh, the Lord says that in James, we have not because we ask not. Isn't it something that God wants us to make our request to him? It's interesting, this passage, you notice he says, your reasonableness should be known unto man, your request should be made known unto God. So reasonableness known unto man, request known unto God. And the result will be the peace of God. Peace that passes all understanding. When you don't worry but you pray, God will give you peace that passes all understanding. That just means only he can give it. I mean, it's unexplainable how in such a terrible situation that you can have peace. It only comes from God. And so he will give you peace. Also, he will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The word keep is the word garrison. It's a military term. It means he will guard you. He will guard you, hearts and your minds. This way the Lord gives us sanity in the midst of trouble because he guards our minds. You see, God wants our fellowship so badly, so much, that he wants us to talk to him about everything. We don't have a distant God who's up there and, and he's just dealing with things, but he really doesn't want to hear from you. He doesn't have time to fool with all these people praying to him all the time. The Lord says, no, I want you to. I want you to talk to me about everything. Let your requests be made known unto God. That's a great thought, that God loves us so much and desires our fellowship so much that he wants us to talk to him about everything. In fact, he says, pray without ceasing. And so if we want to please God, we have to be praying and talking to him all the time and not worrying about anything because we trust our Savior. And then there's another thing. The fifth thing is this, this to please Jesus this year, we need to think right. Look at verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So God gives us a list of things that we should think about. Our thought life should be right. And one of the challenges we will face this year and one of the ways the devil gets us down and defeats us is to control our thought life. That's why it's so important to start your day with the Bible because God will help you through the Bible, your Bible reading to get your mind right. And so the Lord says, think on, tr- on things, uh, on the right things. Now let's look at the things he says. You should think on things that are true. Now, God is true. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 32, 4, he is a God of truth. So God is true. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. A fruit of the Spirit is truth. Ephesians 5, 9 says, the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So it's to be a part of our life, truth. Part of the Christian's armor is truth. Ephesians 6, 4 says, your loins should be girt about with truth. We should hide the truth in our hearts. John 8, 32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth. So the truth is hidden in our hearts, and it makes us free. Our thoughts should be true. We should think things that are true. Think things that are true about yourself. 
The Bible says not the man should not think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So don't be proud. Think right about yourself. And uh, think right about others. Many people think wrong about other people. And lots of times their thoughts are uh, from their own imagination. They come up with these thoughts about why somebody did this or why somebody did that or what's going on and because of little bits and pieces of information they have, they figure out what's going on and they find out later that it wasn't true at all. And the Lord says, think things that are true. So don't spend your time trying to figure out everybody's problems and put them all together and figure out what's going on because you don't know. And so think things that are true not things that are false. Gossips are people who do not think things that are true. Many times they just get a bit of information and they want to be the first one to tell it, never checking to find out whether it's true. And they're not concerned about the truth. And uh, God doesn't want us to be those kind of people. So think true about others. Think true about the world. Don't be fascinated by the world. Don't be enamored by the world. Don't fall in love with the world because the world is your enemy. So think true about the world. Think true about the devil. The devil will never give you a good deal. The devil will always cheat you. The devil will always deceive you. He's a liar. So you need to think the truth about the devil. And so God wants us to think true things. He also wants us to think honorable things. If we're going to please the Lord this year, we must think things that are honorable. The word uh, honest means honorable and worthy of our attention. And so honest things. We're to think on things that are just. That means correct and right and righteous. Think on things that are just. Think on things that are pure. This is really a challenge in our day because there's so much impurity all around us. So much immorality all around us. And it's approved anymore. And God says, think on things that are pure. The word pure means stainless. It means chaste. 1 Timothy 5, 22 says, keep thyself pure. Our thoughts should be on pure things, not immoral things. So that will determine what you watch. That will determine what you talk about. That will determine what you read. Think on your thoughts or to be on pure things. And then he says lovely, lovely things. The word lovely means pleasing. It means it calls forth love, lovely things. We should not be a person who's sour and crabby and irritable and unkind and fault-finding because that reveals the kind of mind we have. As a man thinketh in his his heart, so is he. And so we're not to think on things that that are unlovely. We're to be people who think on things that are good report. That means well sounding. The idea of the word is that you have a tuning fork and it's the right pitch and you determine other things by that. And so the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us our tuning fork, our conscience that he gives us for what is right and wrong. And we yield to the Spirit. But when something comes out and just doesn't quite sound right, but our sin nature says, oh, take it on in anyway. Think about that anyway. And God says, use our spiritual tuning forks so that we only accept our thoughts that are well-sounding, of good report. Virtuous. Virtuous means moral excellence. And so we're to think on things that are virtuous. And then he says, praiseworthy. If there be any praise, think on these things. Can you praise God for the thoughts that you are having? 
If you can't, then you need to erase those thoughts, get them out of your mind, confess them to the Lord, and move on and think things that are right. So we need to think right. We will have a year that pleases God if we think right. And then also the next thing is to please Jesus this year, we need to do right. See, Paul said to these people, those things which you've both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. You learned it from Paul. You received it from Paul. He was there. He taught you and he gave you this truth. You heard it probably from Paul. And in Paul, you saw it. You saw it in his life, he says to these Philippians. He says, those things which you both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. So I set the example for you. Paul said, I want you to do right. So our problem is not that we don't know what's right. Most of us know what's right. Most of us know whether we should reject certain thoughts or certain things to do. We know that. Our problem is doing what we should do. And so if we want to please the Lord, there's no way around it. You have to do right. When we act on what we know is right, we do right. Act upon what you know is right. You've learned it, you've heard it, received it, you've seen it. Now, do it. Do what's right. The result will be that the God of peace shall be with you. Now, notice this. Verse 7 says the peace of God will be be yours by thinking right, and then the God of peace will be, be with you when you do right. You remember James says, you draw nigh to God, and what will happen? He'll draw nigh to you. And so you do right, you draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. And so the God of peace will be with you as you do what is right. You want to have a good year? Think right and do right. Then another thing is this, the last thing I want to mention. It's found in verses 10 to 23. And that is to please Jesus this year, we need to trust God for strength and provision for what we should do for him. I mean, we're in year 2023. We've never been this way before. The opportunities that are ahead of us, we haven't had those before. We might have had similar opportunities, but this particular opportunity that's ahead of us, we haven't had it. And we need to do what is right It's interesting that Paul, when he wrote this letter, was in prison. He was in prison, and yet he hadn't given up. He hadn't said, well, I'm I'm done now, nothing else to do. Notice what he says in verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we need to trust God for strength and provision to do what God wants us to do. Now, the Philippians had sent Paul help, and we read this in this passage. Let me go over it briefly. Verse 10, he says that Paul rejoiced that that their care of him had flourished, even though they had wanted to before, but they lacked opportunity. But now their care had flourished. They had sent him help in some way. He said, I got something from you. Verse 14 Ye have well done, done that ye did communicate. That means help. That communicate with my affliction. So they did something that helped him in his affliction. 
They either sent him monetary gifts or they sent him a physical gift. I'm not sure what it was, but they did something materially to help Paul, and he appreciated it very much. They were the only church that helped him, and says he says in verse 15, Now you Philippians know also at the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. He's commending them. He said, you sent help my way, and I so appreciate it. He also says in verse 16 that they sent once and again, at least twice, they sent help to him when he was in Thessalonica. And verse 18, it says that what they sent him was well-pleasing to God. So this church communicated with Paul. They helped Paul, and what they gave Paul pleased God. Now, we as a church support missionaries. What we give to missionaries pleases God. So when you make your faith promise and you say, I'm going to give this much every month to missions, and then you follow through and do that, God's pleased. You want to please God this year? Then be faithful in your giving to him. Now Paul says that, now now I want you to understand that I wasn't in a great turmoil, and if you hadn't sent me your help, I would, have, I would have lost it. No, Paul says, I want you to understand, I appreciate it so much. But he said, I've learned something, and that is in whatever state I am, therewith to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I know how to have a lot. I know how to have, how to have not anything. I, I learned to be content in whatever state I am to be content. Why? Because I've learned to rejoice in the Lord and trust the Lord. And he says, I've learned to be content. But Paul knows that he could do all things through Christ. Regardless whether the gifts came or not, he said in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Paul knew that God would provide for him. Verse 19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now we have to ask the question this morning, 2023, we've never been there before. I mean, we're there now, but we've never seen all of this ahead of us. And we have to ask ourselves the question, what does God want us to do? And we have to answer by saying this, or we need to answer by saying this, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. What does God want us to do together as a church? Well, I believe God wants us to reach to be loving and strong Christians. Remember maintaining that testimony? We're to be real, genuine Christians wherever we go. God wants Sugar Run Valley Baptist Church people, wherever they go, to have a shining testimony for Jesus Christ. God wants that for us. We know that. God wants us to reach people for Jesus. God wants us to spread the gospel and tell people about Jesus and get people to come to church and to help them and to reach out to people. God wants us to do that. And and Paul would say, you, you can say this with Paul, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know God wants me to do that. I'm commanded to do that. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, he says. We're to do that, and we're, we're supposed to say, yes, Lord, I want to, and I will do it. I can do it if you, as you strengthen me. And so we can do that. And then as a church, I believe there's something else that we need to consider 
that we need to do, and that is we need to build a new facility. Now, we've been talking about this for a long time, and um, I believe that 2023 can very well be because God can do all things, nothing too hard for him. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We have a, a project that we've planned. We have a diagram of all that we want to accomplish as far as you know the, how the building looks, the floor plan, and all that. There's, there was a lot of time went into thinking about that. We have an architect that's developed a lot of this and the final stage is yet ahead of him until when we tell him to go. We have a lot of things that we still have to do. We have, we have invested about $320,000 in this project already as a church. And yet, still, there's nothing up there. As you look at 2023, if you say this, if you say, Pastor, we can't do it this year. Let me tell you something. You displease God when you say that. You displease God when you say that. We can say, we should say, Lord, we can. You must help us, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And then we might say, but we don't have the money. And verse 19 says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It can be done. I know that God can do it. Now, we might say, well, I don't have the money, and there's nobody in the church that has that kind of extra money, and I understand that, and I believe that's probably true. But God does. God does. God has people that have all kinds of money, and God directs that to people he can trust to use it correctly. That's where it comes in that we have to be the church that pleases God or God's not going to do that for us. We have to be the church that has that great testimony wherever we go. We have to be the church that's praising the Lord and rejoicing the Lord always. We have to be that church that's praying and not worrying. We're trusting. We have to, have to be that church that God can entrust, that God can trust these riches to. God has them. It's no problem at all for him just to lay it in our lap. God could do that. But he won't if he can't trust us with it. So we need to say, Lord, I want, we want to do everything we can so that you can trust us. We're going to live for you. and We're going to sacrifice for you. We're going to do what we can. And God, we pray that you will help us to accomplish that this year. Now, as a pastor who's 77 years old, I have another reason I'd like for us to accomplish it this year. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm not getting younger. <laughs> and I would really like to see this accomplished. And uh, I think this would be a great year to do it. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be around here. God could take me away, but I, I would love to see this project completed for his glory, for his glory. Will he do it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's this year, the beginning of next year, or when it is, but I know this. He can. 
And he wants us to believe that. And I'm asking you as a congregation to believe that God can do this for us and pray about it. And I'm going to keep it before you. And when I lack behind and maybe haven't brought it up, somebody remind me and say, preacher, you need to tell, tell it again. I don't mind you doing that. But I'm going to try to keep this before us, us as a congregation. God can do this. Let's say that we're willing for him to do it. I hope nobody will hear will say, oh, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> I don't think God can do that. Please don't do that because if you do, you will not please God because God says, I can do all things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and he will provide our needs. I want you to notice that that verse is couched in the instruction to and the reminder to the Philippians of what they've done. You've done all this for me, Paul says. You gave to me. You were the only one that gave to me at a time. And you gave to me once and again, and you kept on getting, and I just received a recent gift from you. And because of that, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Some Christians who don't live for Jesus claim that verse and say, God's going to provide all my need. He didn't say that. He said that couched in the telling about the Philippians who were doing all they could do in serving Jesus and helping Paul. And Paul said, now, God will take care of you. And I'm saying if we do all we can, God will take care of us. Pleasing Jesus in 2023. Let's do it. Let's pray. Father, thank you today. Lord, thank you for reminding us of how great you are. And all that you want us to do is to please you. Lord, I just ask that we might not think that's impossible. But we'll just go over these points in Philippians 4 to show that, yes, we can. We can please you. And I ask that we would. And Lord, I pray that this might be the year that we can get that building started for your glory. And we'll thank you for what you do, we pray in Jesus' name.